Today is arguably the most packed show of the year, and it almost didn't happen. I'll explain why on the bonus show. But if you're hearing this, if you're seeing me right now, then we managed to get the show done and out. Let's talk about SVB Bank, Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank has collapsed. And while when we look for reasons connected to reality, we find not enough regulation, taking too much risk, miscalculations by bank executives as the reasons why this happened. The right has found their villain and their villain is wokeness. Wokeness is why the ultra capitalist SVB bank has failed. Let's listen to this was one of the first people to make this claim. This is Republican Congressman James Comer. Where else than Fox News? explaining woke is why it failed. And then we see now coming out that uh, they were one of the most woke banks in uh, their in their quest for uh, the ESG type uh, type policy and investing. You know, this could be a trend and there are right. consequences for bad Democrat policy. And I think we need to keep an eye on all the, the banking sector right now. Yeah. Woke and Democrat policies are why SVB Bank failed. Now, he was ridiculed by anyone who has a shred of uh, common sense, but he doubled down on it. Uh, They were a woke bank. If you look at their uh, director of risk management, uh, she brags about their diversified ESG portfolio. And the problem is that uh, a lot of this is fantasy land. It's like the Green New Deal. It doesn't work. It doesn't pencil out. And if you're a bank being insured by the federal government, which is the FDIC, your responsibility is to grant loans to people who can actually pay them back, not just to people. All right. So he's continuing the woke bank thing. And it wasn't only James Comer, Fox News host Jesse Waters and many other Fox hosts as well, although I'm not going to play every single clip. He also went with this is it's not only a woke bank, it's a woke Biden bank, which is a whole new thing. When the Fed chair finally raised rates, the bank got crushed. Well, why weren't they paying attention? Silicon Valley Bank is a woke Biden bank. They were holding seminars on Lesbian Visibility Day and National Pride Month. Now, if you want to hold a Pride Month, that's fine, but you got to be able to chew gum at the same time and walk. So keep an eye on the balance sheet, guys. There you go. Well-known finance analyst Jesse Waters and then Trump's former, you know, whatever speechwriter, advisor guy, Stephen Miller. Uh, he also says wokeness. Wokeness is the problem. Four weeks ago, the Biden signed that says equity or DEI is the core mission of every single agency in the federal government. In other words, they went around the country the way the executives at Silicon Valley Bank ran that financial institution, take huge, risky gambles on crazy woke projects, crazy climate projects, (laughs) virtue signaling with no financial integrity, no financial soundness underneath. And this whole country is going to go the way of Silicon Valley Bank if we don't change direction. All right. Woke is the problem. Now, let's go back to reality. Who is more to blame than Biden for what happened? Well, It's not about blaming any one person, but failed former President Donald Trump is definitely more to blame than is Joe Biden. Here is video of Donald Trump in 2018 with Mike Pence standing behind him doing that stupid smirk, as he always does. Trump in May of 2018 announcing that he is rolling back so-called crippling Dodd-Frank regulations, the very regulations that could have prevented this particular collapse. Trump bragging about it. We've done 
But we've kept yet another promise as I signed the Economic Growth Regulatory Relief and Consumer Protection Act into right. law. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for our country. This is truly a great day for America and a great day for American workers and small businesses all throughout the nation. Is it? The legislation I'm signing today rolls back the crippling Dodd-Frank regulations that are crushing community banks and credit unions nationwide. They were in such And of course, Silicon Valley Bank was a bank subject to those regulations which Trump bragged about eliminating. So, Trump and the lack of regulation, of course, is partially to blame. We found out that Silicon Valley Bank was actually operating without a chief risk officer for almost nine months in the period of nine months ending in January of this year. The bankers miscalculated risk. They were overextended on tech at a time when tech was struggling. And what we have here is not wokeness hurting the bank. It's the bank's decisions hurting the bank and lack of regulation, because it turns out a lot of these businesses don't have that incentive to regulate themselves. They said, let's take a shot. Let's not let's not play it safe. And then now they want to be bailed out. And importantly, there's a difference between bailing out depositors and bailing out the bank. And that's a subject that we will talk about in the future. But folks, woke is not to blame. Our newest correspondent went to CPAC and interviewed people, and it is some of the scariest stuff that you will see. This is a series of interviews done by Malik Snaps. Okay, Malik Snaps, and you can find Malik Snaps at youtube.com slash at symbol M A L I K Snaps, all one word, does a really, really good job. Now, remember, one of the questions we've been asking is, okay, we get that the speakers go to CPAC and they get paid. And okay, like I understand that. But who in their right mind would attend CPAC? Not like as a media person. Are there teachers? Are there accountants who say, hey, you know what? I live in wherever I live in Texas. I'm going to fly to D.C. and pay for a ticket to CPAC. What sorts of people are they? And what you are going to see in these videos is that we are beyond talking sense into people. These folks, I don't believe, are reachable. We start with a guy who says the real enemy is big pharma and tech. And then Malik gets him to say what this is really about. It's a globalist cabal or I should say globalist, right? Um, but he's not exactly sure who's in charge of it. And we need to realize that the enemy isn't the each other. It's the people, the uh, the, the leaders of this world and uh, of our government. Who are those leaders? It's the big pharma, the big tech, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization. You're saying like all these organizations like all have the same people kind of controlling them? Not the same people controlling them, but they all have the globalist agenda ah. in mind. And I, I do think there is a, a globalist uh, cabal of leaders that there do it is. kind of cooperate and conspire together to ultimately uh, create a new world order. They talk about this stuff out loud. He's hitting all the bullet points, guys. Globalist cabal, World Economic Forum, WHO, Big Pharma, overlords, the entire thing. One world order. It's an open conspiracy. What is their agenda? 
uh, the Great Reset, a one-world <laughs> government with uh, total control and, and not where you don't have your sovereignty or you don't have rights and you don't have liberty and freedom. There you go. I mean, it's that simple. And one of the amazing things is the level of confidence that these people have in their claims. Now, as I've said before, when it comes to this entire globalist cabal thing, it is true that those who have a lot of money, corporations and rich people have disproportionately more control than the average person over their elected officials. Or we, we've talked about that. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's what makes this version even crazier, which is it's completely unnecessary to explain what's going on. You don't need to go to big pharma. You don't need to go to globalists. You don't need to go to the World Economic Forum. Great reset. All we what's happening is actually in plain sight, which makes it even wilder that they go to this. Now, Malik did something interesting, which is he asked a lot of these folks, is Biden a communist or a socialist? And as you can imagine, it generated some some really interesting answers. Would you say Joe Biden is more socialistic or communist? Well, socialism turns into communism eventually. Uh, but I think he wants to really does it. That's another one they repeat now. Be socialist, but sometimes he's a communist. So can you elaborate on how he has been a communist? Uh, well, a federal vaccine mandate that fired healthcare workers that <laughs> fought against the pandemic on the front lines um, and not yes. The fact that there was a period of time during which just federal workers, right? I mean, fundamentally, if we're talking about communism, aren't we talking about total control of industry wherein Joe Biden would have forced everybody in every industry to get vaccinated? No, that's because it didn't happen. But this is communism. Caring what happened to them and now depleting our healthcare system to where they can't fight against uh, viruses and disease and what? mothers and fathers of school, of school children. You know? Yeah, Trump did that. Trump disbanded the pandemic response team and hindered the ability of our government to fight pandemics and disease. So so an interesting critique more applicable to Donald Trump than it is to Joe Biden. Then we move on to a fan of Mike Pillow. This guy um, is a he's angry and he's a fan of Mike Lindell. And he says we've got to stop the mutilation. We've got to elect Trump. But they're going to try to use the machines to steal the elections. Where did he get that idea? We all know where he got that idea. Uh, it's got to stop now. They're, now they're going after our children and mutilating our children. They, to hell with that. They are going after our children. These people got to be stopped. And it's time for weak Christians and weak people of faith and weak people of any religion, weak conservatives, weak Republicans to all start getting tough on these people. So, uh, you know, we've got we've got to make sure he gets elected. Now they're going to try to steal the election from us again. Right. How do you think they'll try to do that? Remember, Trump tried to steal the election. Well, they'll do that mostly with the electronic machines. I was listening to Mike Lindell earlier. <laughs> Did you see him pause? It almost seemed like he was going to call him Mike Pillow. And he said, we need to take all the electronic voting machines in the country, melt them down and turn them into prison bars. And he's right. That's a great analogy, a great metaphor. Um, these people are stealing our elections in every country. They just stole the election in Brazil from Bolsonaro and put a criminal in there, a felon. That didn't happen. It was in a prison until recently. Uh, they're going to go after Oban in Hungary. He's another good man and a good leader. And Bukele in El Salvador has just perp walked 40,000 members of MS-13 and other gangs into a prison in their boxer shorts. Uh, he's not messing around. That'll help their economy tremendously. It'll be this guy is out of his mind and uh, Malik uh, follows his instincts here and he says, can you explain to me what Joe Biden's biggest failures are? What are some of the things that you think the Biden administration has failed to do? 
Oh, God. Open borders, uh, Afghanistan. Remember, open borders. Policy at the border has not dramatically changed from Trump into Biden. Afghanistan was a disgrace and a humiliation for this country. The Afghanistan withdrawal was exactly what Trump would have done. Only now does Trump come up with what he would have done differently. For about six months, Trump was asked many times, what would you have done differently? He couldn't he couldn't express anything. And he gave and the Chinese. He's obviously in bed with the Chinese. He's he's on his knees in front of uh, in front of President Xi of China and he's not praying. There it is. That's some imagery on his knees in front of Xi, but he is not praying. He is doing something else. Same guy, by the way, before we move on, brings up the term subhumanoid, which was an interesting moment. In speaking to President Trump over the last couple of months, I've realized this guy is laser focused and locked on. He's ready to go for 2024. By the way, who this guy's been speaking to Trump? That's it. I don't even know who this guy is. He has to win this. It's, it's about the future of humanity. If we let these subhumanoids continue to control and destroy <laughs> our country, we're in real trouble. And, you know, then our only hope will be God almighty. He'll have to come down and smite these people like he did in Sodom and Gomorrah. Right now, by the way, as funny as he's talking about subhuman, not subhumanoid, it's not really funny. We laugh to avoid crying, but this is part of what the right does. They dehumanize, they dehumanize and they act as if and spread the idea that some of our fellow homo sapiens are not really human because of their political beliefs. Then we go to a guy who was wearing a brick suit. You'll see what I mean in a moment. Um, He was he was wearing the brick suit, I guess, to support the wall, which isn't actually made of bricks. He was asked what Biden did wrong. And the guy is very confused about the wall. This is my brick wall suit, and that's why they call me brick suit. And it's signifies my support for strong border barriers, specifically a border fence between the United States and Mexico. What is something that Joe Biden has done you don't really like? President Trump had built much of the wall that was requested and much more was ready to be built. (laughs) The materials were right there at the border. The contracts were already signed. The workers were already working on it. And when Biden came in on one of the first things he did in the first few days is he stopped all construction. Uh But that doesn't mean Americans stopped paying for it. We'd already bought all the materials. We were already paying all the contractors and we continued to pay them millions of dollars a day to do nothing and no more wall fencing was constructed. Now, most of that really isn't true. The reality is that Donald Trump had planned to spend about 16 billion on the wall. 10 billion was going to come from funds diverted from the Defense Department with questionable legality. And then just under six billion was going to come from a congressional appropriation. And then 600 million was going to be forfeitures collected by the Treasury Department. That's based on a 2021 Congressional Research Service report. When Biden did stop the construction of those pieces of wall, there were some steel panels and piping left at the construction sites. They're almost all being used elsewhere. The stuff didn't get thrown out. Some of it was donated to Texas for a state border wall, which is kind of the same thing that Trump was trying to do with it. So I don't even know why they're so upset. Some of it was used to close breaches in a Texas levy, which seems like a pretty damn good idea. And then, of course, much of this, like the guy says millions of dollars a day. I found no confirmation of that whatsoever. Same guy was asked, is Biden a communist or a socialist? And the guy says he's neither. He's a puppet. Well, who's the puppet master? The guy doesn't know. Would you say Joe Biden is a socialist or a communist? I would say he's a puppet. I don't think he has any particular uh, political ideology. I think he just does what people tell him to do. Who is he a puppet of? 
Hard to say. Hard to say. I'm, we, there's suspicions there, but... What are, what are those, like, top suspicions? People in the previous Democratic administration. Ah, so there's the idea. Obama. He thinks it's Obama who is controlling Biden. Uh, very, very interesting idea. Then we go to a young guy who was asked, is Biden a socialist or a communist? Would you say Joe Biden is more of a socialist or a communist? More of a socialist. What are some of those socialistic policies? Uh, I think in particular the environmental stuff. Yeah. Shutting down. He's a socialist because of the environment. On the Keystone XL pipeline, killing all those jobs. But you know he wants to get rid of gasoline cars in, you know, by 2030 or 2035. Why? Uh, because he thinks that CO2 emissions, CO2 emissions are bad for the environment. Uh-huh. And he just wants to keep everybody dependent on the government all the time. Ah. And, I think- and of course, you do that by switching to electric vehicles. That's a problem. Yep. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, these are the people that go to CPAC. OK, another another young guy here. Also socialist or communist. You think Joe Biden is more like a socialistic or communist? Probably both. <laughs> That's the best policies. You tell me more about those policies. So, like, Marxism is a big part of communism, and Marxism pits one group against another group, mm-hmm. uh, and his policies do that. So there you go. You know, there's like an oppressed group and a non-oppressed group, and you pit them, to pit people together. Isn't it obvious to you guys? Obviously, Joe Biden is a socialist, Marxist-inspired communist. Same guy and others asked when two men get married, what do you make of that? Quite a range of answers, I will admit. Can you finish the sentence? Two men getting married is unnatural. Two men getting married is you can do whatever you want. Uh, I'm a Christian. I don't necessarily agree with it. Two men getting married is legal in America. Two men getting married is not a big deal. Two men getting married is I'm not for that at all. I'm not, I'm not that liberal. Why? Because you cannot appropriate. Two men cannot appropriate. I'd rather have two sane gay men adopting as opposed to uh, crackhead parents. Two men wow. getting married is not marriage. Traditionally, marriage is between a man and a woman. Tradition. Uh, it's something else. It's not marriage. Do you think two gay men should have the same rights as a heterosexual couple? What do you mean by rights? Like just per, uh, human rights. What are human rights? Two men getting married is that's a sin. I mean, you know, look, I have nothing against uh, homosexuals, but um, (laughs) you couldn't tell, guys, but he has nothing against gay people. You know, as long as I have a live and let live uh, policy and philosophy, like if you want, I don't care who you want to sleep with. Just say out of my face about it. Once you get up in my grill and you're you're a homosexual and you want to start telling me how my kids are going to be educated in school. And of course, gay people famously go and get up in people's grills and say, this is what you should do. That's where I draw the line. Then the gloves come off and we're not going to have a good time. There it is. A very, very powerful declaration. So we've answered our question. Who goes to CPAC? It's these people. I believe they are lost causes. Now, if you have a family member who's like this and for sort of like pseudo entertainment purposes, you want to see if you can talk sense into them by all means. But the idea that we are going to win elections by disabusing these folks of all of these ideas, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we win by voter turnout and by mobilizing those who are already thinking a little more clearly than these folks. Let me know your thoughts. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. We are fighting our way, fighting, fighting towards two million subscribers. And you can get us one closer by hitting the subscribe button.
Imagine for a second that you try logging into your email account only to find that your password was changed an hour ago and then you get notifications of activity from your bank and then your credit cards. That is what identity theft is like. And it's a horrible feeling. And we dealt with it at the show not that long ago. But now I have an app called Aura, which gives me much more peace of mind. Our sponsor Aura is the all in one solution for keeping your online account safe because Aura will scan the dark web for your personal info, passwords, social security number and you get fast alerts when they find something. You also get fast alerts about credit inquiries. Aura protects all of your devices from malware. Aura even requests the removal of your info from data broker sites. And Aura helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices. You can restrict certain apps, set screen time limits, set focus times when you need them off of devices. Go to Aura.com slash Pacman to try it free for seven days. Your login credentials might already be floating around out there, and Aura will tell you instantly for free. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman to try Aura for free. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H E L P dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. As many of my viewers and listeners, of course, know, I have many family members who work in the field of mental health. And I think one of the most important things that we can do is to both increase access and reduce stigma when it comes to mental health services. And that's why I am thrilled that one of our sponsors today is better help. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it is 100 percent online with BetterHelp. You can tap into a network of over twenty five thousand licensed and experienced therapists, an important word, therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. You answer a few questions about your needs and your preferences and BetterHelp will match you with a therapist that meets your needs. You can then talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable. Could be text, could be chat, phone, video call. You can message your therapist anytime. You can schedule live sessions when it's convenient. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in office therapy, but it's on your schedule and it's at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Pacman. 
That's better. H E L P dot com slash Pacman for 10% off your first month. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's continue our tour through the United States over the last 24 hours. Donald Trump last night held his first sort of real campaign event. This was an event in Davenport, Iowa. It was billed as a major speech about education policy. It ended up being nearly 100 minutes of Donald Trump ranting and raving confused and with terrible audio. Very, very little discussion of education other than a few anti-trans statements. Now, I do want to warn you as we get into these clips, the audio was absolutely terrible. It's possible that Antifa snuck in and did the audio engineering. If you haven't heard of Antifa in the next segment, you will be introduced to the ways of Antifa by one of the attendees at this event. First and foremost, the disconnect from the real world continues as Donald Trump claimed that you need an ID to buy groceries. Why don't you need one to vote? You have to have one when you buy groceries and other things, but you can't have one for voting. That's because they want to cheat. That's the only reason. Now, of course, you don't need an ID to buy groceries. And when I tweeted about this, someone wrote to me and said, David, if you use a credit card, you do need an ID to buy groceries. No, you do not. In the not in the United States, in the rare case when you have a physical card and you wrote on the back CID and you hand it to a, a cashier, they might make you show an ID. But overwhelmingly, you don't need any ID whatsoever in any circumstance to buy groceries unless you were buying alcohol. But Trump wouldn't know that because he has not, I guess, bought groceries in probably decades. Donald Trump went fully conspiratorial during this supposed speech about education, where he said he will end woke and will also crush the deep state. Together, we will end the era of weaponized government forever. We will end woke. We will crush the deep state. There it is. The deep state, which, of course, is a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump has continued to dabble with for a very, very long time. One of the strangest moments during this event was when Donald Trump polled the audience about whether they like their children. Very unusual presidential sort of speech moment. Does anybody in here not like their children? (laughs) Oh, be careful. Oh, we got to be careful with that. I mean, Trump doesn't. Right. Not not most of them. Anyway, the problem is the fake news media is going to report that as fact. You know that you're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. He loves his boy. He loves his family. And as you can tell, the audio very, very poor cutting in and out. Um, At another moment, Donald Trump tells this bizarre story of he would win basketball by having LeBron James play on a women's team, which is an interesting idea. I'm not a fan of LeBron James. I don't like LeBron, but I'd say, hey, LeBron, you ever think of becoming a woman? Because you're going to be on my team. We're going to have we're going to go undefeated for the next five years, LeBron. I'm not a fan, but, you know, I would ask him that question. There it is. And I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. That really set the crowd off. The crowd mostly liked the crowd was very bored throughout 95 percent of the speech. They liked the anti-vax stuff 
and they liked the anti-trans stuff. Trump also now regularly using the word insane asylums, falsely claiming that foreign countries are emptying their insane asylums into the United States. It's not happening. And Trump reflects on the political correctness of the term insane asylum. Here we go. Prisons are empty. They're mental institutions. They're insane asylums, a word you're not supposed to use anymore. Words you're not supposed to use, John like Biden. I have three words for you to get. Okay. We don't want to be caught in that predicament. So two words. Insane asylum. A word, these are words you're not supposed to be uh, using anymore. It's not politically incorrect, but <laughs> it's not politically incorrect. I think he means it's not politically correct, but he's as confused as everybody in the crowd. And that, that I want people to really understand this went on for nearly 100 minutes and then he took questions. Trump did go after Ron DeSantis a little bit. He is unhealthily obsessed with DeSantis, even though DeSantis hasn't yet announced a candidacy. Trump is daily talking about DeSantis. OK, so remember this, Ron DeSantis, did anybody ever hear of DeSantis? DeSanctimonious, DeSanctimonious. Well, Ron DeSantis strongly opposed ethanol. Do you know that? Right. And we don't even know if he's running, but I might as well tell you if he's not running, I'll say he was fine on ethanol. Don't worry about Trump admitting many of his attacks are just opportunistic lies. Strongly opposed ethanol and fought against it at every turn. and. He's going to do that again because people that come out early for something, that's where they go. That's what it is. So, you know, hmm. he may do something politically, but he was very, very bad on ethanol. He fought it all the way. And he also fought against Social Security. He wanted to decimate it and voted against it three times. Voted against Social Security. That's a bad one. A lot of people don't know that. But yeah. I now, it's also not exactly true. And I've spoken about that before. If you are confused, like a lot of people were dipping in and out of my live stream last night and saying, I don't understand what this is about. Even people who watched the entire speech didn't know what it was about. It didn't make any sense. Trump announcing that he will be breaking up the Department of Education, by which I think he means abolishing it which is a very bad idea. In fact, this entire speech is sort of emblematic of the problem with education in the United States not being regulated enough at the federal level. But in any case, Trump says he'll break up the DOE and then seems confused himself. Select somebody who will, who will get the job done. In addition, I am going to pursue and we studied it very closely and I was getting ready to do it, pull the trigger. He was about to do it and then he lost the long term goal, but now it's a short term goal of breaking up the Federal Department of Education and redistributing its functions to the states. There you go. Going to break it up soon. That'll be done quickly. I was ready to get it done. I was ready to get it done. Then we had a bad election. <laughs> oh, man, he was just days away. Four years, he couldn't get it done. He was days from doing it. And then we had a bad election, just like his health care plan. Trump then ended his event in Iowa before moving to the question phase, which was even worse, if you can imagine, by promising to use federal law enforcement to police cities. In any Democrat run state, and it's just not the same. It doesn't work. You look at these cities, our great cities are New York City is a crime den. Chicago is a crime den. 
You look at these great cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, you look at what's happening to our country. We cannot let it happen any longer. And one of the other things I'll do, because, you know, you're supposed to not be involved in that. You just have to be asked by the governor or the mayor to come in. Yeah, that's basically the law. The next time I'm not waiting. One of the things I did was let them run it and we're going to show how bad a job they do. Well, we did that. We don't have to wait any longer. We got to get crime out of our cities. Thank you very much for a good question. Yep. So he'll send in uh, federal law enforcement to police uh, to police cities. Now, the legality of that is very shaky. And there are cases when the federal government can just send in law enforcement, but there have to be specific activities going on. It has to be things under the purview, for example, of the FBI or the DEA or ATF. There needs to be specific expertise or jurisdiction like organized crime or drug trafficking or terrorism. You can't just say, oh, we're going to police Chicago for the hell of it. Uh, that's the blanket use of federal forces to police cities. And it is not obvious at all that it is legal. But who cares? Right. Who cares? So what I wonder is, what's the takeaway from people who go to a speech like this? Do they come? You know, it was billed as a major speech on education other than saying I will end the Department of Education and like stop transgender, whatever that means. He didn't really talk about education. So I wonder, do people go to this and then go home and say, wow, that was really great really electric, inspirational speech. Uh, I don't know what the reaction is, especially since people seem so bored by the hundred minutes of this nonsense. Now, one other note, Trump did take questions and it went about as poorly as you would imagine. Here's one that came from the crowd. We'll take one or two more. Go ahead. Hello, Miss. Hello, Mr. President. Got to be a good one. You know, if it's a good one, I'm out of here, right? If it's a bad one, I'll, I've got to take a couple of more to get over the stench of the bad one. I just want to say it's an honor to hear you speak. Thank you. But my question for you is, what can you do to combat transgender athletes taking (laughs) over women's sports? Such an important issue. Well, you've done it here because your governor's passed legislation. You can't. No, it's crazy. It's it's like how does uh, people are seriously in favor of having it done? And I don't understand it. And I tell the story of that champion swimmer and she's there and she's looking up and down the line. She sees friends that she's been swimming with. She's a champion. And then she sees this person next to her and he's a monster. He looks like Wilt Chamberlain, but a little bit different. She sees the guy has a wingspan. She's like looking up and down. Then she looks up. Wow. So do not adjust your television. Do not adjust your mobile phone. Trump is not answering the question. He's just ranting confusedly. And, uh, you know, he broke all these records and it's just a it, it doesn't make sense. All right, there you go. So there is Trump's question and answer phase. We are in for a year of this, folks, and it is as dangerous as it is delusional. And as we are now focusing on this is what Trump said. But what about the attendees at this speech? Let's talk about that next. I continue to believe that the people who are currently supporting Donald Trump are a lost cause. And we are going to look at some examples. Donald Trump holding this event yesterday in Davenport, Iowa, sort of like his first major campaign event, supposedly a a, a speech about education. Very little about education was discussed. Right Side Broadcasting Network was there. They interviewed people waiting in line. Here is a guy who explains what he learned from Tucker Carlson's program over the last week about the Trump riots. This I hope you're sitting down for this. Well, let's just yes. keep let's keep so that up. Keep it out. The, the, the people that really did the damage weren't Trump supporters. They were in Tiffa or Black Lives Matter. There you go. 
What this guy learned from Tucker's show is that the real Trump rioters were not Trump supporters. They were Antifa Antifa folks. What a, what a stupid country we live in. I mean, it's just it's gotten humiliatingly bad here. It really, really is bad. And it only gets worse. I hate to tell you in these interviews. Here's a woman interviewed at a Trump rally who says when Trump was president, she didn't have to worry about the state of the direction of the world. Everything, everything. music, entertainment, sports, pop culture, everything. I mean, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything the left touches, it destroys. Yep. I'm glad you guys are here. Yeah. I the comfortable feeling that you had when Trump was there that you don't have to worry about where the world is going or what's going on. Yeah. Going downhill. Yeah. There it is. When Trump was president, she didn't have to worry. She just she was worry free. Here is a woman who says that Trump is the king of the world, clearly to some degree misunderstanding how our political system works. See the people, the Trump comeback tour. King. Now, Trump is king in Iowa. Exactly. Yes. He's, a, he's king everywhere. He's a king he's everywhere. All over the world. Yeah. The very same people who are afraid of a new world order, one world government are uh, <laughs> cheering Trump as king of the world. When asked which traits about Trump folks in the crowd most missed, the most frequently cited was Trump's honesty and truthfulness. As you can remember, that was not the case. Uh, what do you miss the most about President Trump? Truth and honesty. Yeah. yeah. Truth and honesty. Yeah. 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 He, he, cares, he, cares. Yep. he truly cares about Americans. Obviously, he doesn't. And he was really truthful and honest. He wasn't one guy walking into the rally had some choice words for right side broadcasting to our newsletter, uh, rsbnetwork.com slash newsletter. Pussy. No, don't do that. No, there it is. And of course, the uh, rallying cry of the uh, low information Midwest Trump supporter, a grabber by the you know what um, the topic of Ron DeSantis came up and one woman says the reason she would not support DeSantis is because he's funded by George Soros, which is an interesting combination of conspiracies. Is anybody talking about any other person for president other than Donald J. Trump? Any other names? Hell no, I'm not. No, no. I think no. I heard them talking about DeSantis, but yeah. I hope not. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, and Soros money. Soros money. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, uh, DeSantis is bad because he's funded by uh, George Soros, uh, famously uh, unknown to anyone. But apparently that's the case. Um, Here's one other uh, person weighing in about Ron DeSantis and the possibility of DeSantis rather than Trump. Have you heard anybody else talk about any other candidate? DeSantis. Yeah. Is that he's the only one? Do you think he has big support here? I, I feel like it's, it could go either way, DeSantis or Trump, because Trump's vilified and DeSantis knows how to talk to the media. So hmm. I could see it going either way. And I'll yeah. either one. Interesting. So this political analyst believes that it really could go one way or the other. Just a couple more of these. Here's another guy very proudly saying that he misses Trump's honesty. Um, biggest things you miss about President Trump? The frankness, the honesty. The frankness and the honesty are the real traits that this gentleman is missing. And then lastly, here is another woman asked, what do you want Trump to do about education? What are you looking forward to, to, to either seeing and hearing from the president today? Just keep talking about truth. Yeah. In, in terms of education, what would you like to see him change or improve or suggest? Um, enforce God and patriotism. Yeah. Enforce God. Yeah. Into the school. Yeah. 
put enforce God and patriotism back into the schools. So the folks who chose to go to this event miss Trump's honesty and truthfulness, believe Antifa did <laughs> did January 6th and want God forced back into the schools. This is what we're up against. These are people who are not going to go for Nikki Haley. These are people who are not going to go for Ron DeSantis. These are Trump people through and through. And what we can hope is that somehow Trump loses the primary, runs as an independent, brings these people with him, splits the Republican vote and guarantees Democratic victory in 2024. We'll have all these clips on our Instagram as well as on TikTok, as well as on Facebook and, of course, on YouTube, too. One of our sponsors is Curiosity Stream, the best place to find and watch documentaries on politics, history, science, technology, nature, you name it, they have it. Curiosity Stream has a deeper collection of documentaries than any other streaming service. They add new titles every week, including exclusive award winning films and shows you can't watch anywhere else. I just watched Ancient Engineering. Fascinating insights into how stuff was built before modern technology and the Industrial Revolution. You can watch Curiosity Stream on all of your devices, phone, desktop, game console, smart TV. I'm always finding great documentaries on Curiosity Stream that I can't find on any other platforms. It's really the only place to go for documentaries. And they have a special deal for my audience. You can get Curiosity Stream for 25% off. Just go to curiositystream.com/pacman and use the code pacman. That's curiositystream.com/pacman. Use code pacman to get a subscription for 25% off. The link is in the podcast notes. Everyone should have a go to financial partner to guide you through a continuous and ever changing life journey. Our sponsor, Facet, can help you not only start that conversation about money, but support you every step of the way. Facet memberships give you unbiased, personalized, affordable financial advice for any financial decision you may be facing, real estate, tax, benefits and equity, whatever the case may be. And they are fee only, as I have always said, one should seek. A facet membership includes a dedicated CFP professional. That's the highest possible certification, plus a team of experts using industry leading investment management strategies based on Nobel Prize winning research. And facet is offering a five hundred dollar kickstart to your financial journey right now. They're waiving their two hundred and fifty dollar enrollment fee for new customers that sign up for an annual membership and offering two hundred and fifty dollars right into your account. If you invest five thousand dollars within the first 90 days of membership, go to facet.com slash Pacman. Take the five minute financial wellness quiz at minimum to unlock insights into your personal finances. That's F.A.C.E.T. dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Facet Wealth Inc. is an SEC registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal or tax advice. Fox News is continuing its careful but very clear praise and glorification campaign of Ron DeSantis. Remember that Fox News would prefer someone other than Trump be nominee. 
they would seemingly prefer it to be Ron DeSantis, but they're going to try to keep Trump sort of in their orbit so that whoever is ultimately the nominee, they maintain access and can do interviews and whatever the case may be. But the propaganda campaign for DeSantis continues. The latest clip, very hard hitting, is Fox and Friends host Brian Kilmeade flies out to play catch with Ron DeSantis while he interviews him. It's an interview while playing catch. And if you're just listening to this, you will notice a couple things. You will be hearing a healthy thwack. That thwack is the that's a tough word to say for me. Uh, That thwack is the ball hitting the baseball gloves. And you will notice that Ron DeSantis lacks charisma, which you probably already knew. Take a look at this time to run for president. Would you think it's some time it's safe to say that that would be one of your goals? I would I would only I would only do stuff if I thought there was a rationale for me to accomplish things on behalf of the people. So it's all substance driven about whether I could serve or not serve in oh, a variety yeah. of capacities. But I'll tell you, you know, the, as governor and if you're a determined executive, you know, you can make things happen. And we've done that in Florida. When can we expect a big announcement? <laughs> Depends how good we do in this legislative session. (laughs) (laughs) What a charismatic guy, huh? So a couple different things. One, I like the idea of playing catch during an interview, and I would like the opportunity to either be interviewed or interview someone while playing catch. I have to hand it to Brian Kilmeade. It's actually quite an idea. Obviously, it's completely vapid when it comes to the context, which is this is all just propaganda puff piece stuff for Ron DeSantis, but also There is no scenario, no matter how friendly, in which DeSantis comes off looking like a charismatic guy. That's another thing that we're quickly learning. Now, last week, uh, Brian Kilmeade was also in Florida. Uh, This was on March 8th, so six days ago. And he did one of these things where he goes to a diner in Tampa and it didn't go super well in terms of this DeSantis campaign, because even in Florida, a lot of the people that Kilmeade spoke to we're showing more enthusiasm for Donald Trump. Take a look. What's special about this place? What's special about Tampa Bay? Just, uh, you know, DeSantis is a great governor. He allows us the freedom to be able to do what we like to do and no taxation. So it's a great place to live. All right. So tell me what attracted you to this lovely, handsome man 60 years ago. He was good looking. Still and he, is. Yes, he is. And he was funny. A little humor can get you a long way. Right. right. Let me just tell you, he's still funny, right? He's very, okay. Like let me go over here if I can. Sir, what's your name? Peter Shatner. All right, Peter Shatner. Why was it a totally random interview, by the way? Important for you to wear this jacket that screams Florida and come down here an hour before this open to be on our show. Uh, because I'm going to direct traffic later. <laughs> what, what issue matters most to you? Uh, you mean generally now, right now? I think we have a problem in this country. I think. We need new management. Yeah. So you guys, what issue matters most to you? Well, we've got a problem in this country. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. How do you suggest suggest fixing it? Well, just change the management. I I hope that Trump runs, of course, and wins. But we'll see what happens. All right. How many people here want Trump to run? How many people want Trump to win? Uh, Okay. We're going to have more from everybody. We'll get everybody's opinions here this morning. It's a great breakfast place. I'm so glad you're up. Uh, Let's go either to break. In fact, I want to go to Ainsley. Ron DeSantis. Watch this. To run. All right. Anyway, so then they, you know, as we we all then this is a montage with the baseball clip. So listen, um, I I do think that Fox News is trying to thread a very particular uh, needle here. 
Uh, they are exposed by these recent text messages as widely not believing Trump's election lies and also disliking Trump per Tucker Carlson's own text messages. And they want to maintain access to Trump, but they'd also rather it be someone else. The only problem is the horse. It's a very uncharismatic horse that they seem to be trying to ride. And we will see where that goes. And by the way, speaking of lack of charisma, let's talk about the new word that Ron DeSantis is now floating. Ron DeSantis continues to try to insert words, including woke into his lexicon. And he spoke in Iowa because, remember, he is sort of like running for president without actually announcing. And part of that is that right now, Florida law says you have to resign the governorship to run. But the Republicans are working on changing that law, as I told you yesterday. So Ron DeSantis did an event in Iowa and he tests out the word wokeocracy. Because woke ideology has infected so many institutions, uh, if you really want to protect the freedom of your folks, you got to be willing to defend them against the left imposing their pathologies on on your people in any of these institutions. So we've got to fight if we see it in medicine or the universities or the corporations. You can't just say let it go because then we're going to be living under an oppressive wokeocracy and we can't that happen. We can't that happen. So there it is. Wokeocracy. Now, I have to tell you, it's possible that someone who's more charismatic would be able to deliver this wokeocracy thing in a more functional way that seems useful. But there's another layer to this. And I talked about this yesterday on the bonus show. Woke is actually not seen that negatively uh, nationally. A new poll finds that 57 percent of Americans still see wokeness as a positive thing, despite a years long campaign by the right to pervert the term, which they've widely succeeded in doing. But still, 57 percent of Americans see wokeness as a positive thing. So I know that it plays really well in Republican circles and the whole thing. But DeSantis may actually be overplaying his hand when it comes to the obsession with wokeness and Florida's where wokeness comes to die in the whole thing. If he announces that he's running, we will see where the woke stuff lands. I don't know that wokeocracy is necessarily working. Wokistan, I think, has a much better ring to it. But who am I to give Ron DeSantis advice? Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more momentarily. Did you know that every year 30 million trees are cut down to meet the demand of toilet paper in the United States alone? Here's something really simple you can do to fight climate change a little bit in your home. Our sponsor, Real Paper, makes toilet paper 100 percent from bamboo stocks, which keep growing forever. No trees are cut down. It's shipped right to your door in plastic free packaging. It's fluffy. It's soft like regular toilet paper. You're not making any quality sacrifice. And for every box you buy, real paper donates to reforestation efforts across America through their partnership with One Tree Planted. So instead of the toilet paper you're currently buying, which cuts down trees and wastes plastic, use real paper actively helping the planet. You can set up a recurring subscription so you're always stocked or do a one time purchase. The average American uses 50 pounds of toilet paper or more every year. Make the easy switch to real paper. You'll get 30 percent off your first order plus free shipping. Go to realpaper.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's R-E-E-L paper.com slash Pacman. Coupon code Pacman for 30 percent off and free shipping. The link is in the podcast notes. 
All right. Hundreds of you have emailed me about my cameo in a Netflix documentary that at one point over the weekend was the number one show in the United States about the disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. And most of you said to me, David, they're making you look like a conspiracy theorist based on the clip and of you and how they're using it. And yes, they are. Now, I'm going to explain to you what's going on. I am admitting up front what happened here is my fault. I could have prevented this from happening, and I'm going to explain why. But here's the big picture. Insanely popular Netflix docuseries called MH370, the plane that disappeared. I'm briefly in it. And the clip of me is actually of me debunking a conspiracy theory. But the way the show is edited, it makes it look like I am one of many people spreading a conspiracy theory about this very flight. So let me tell you the origins of this. Back in March of 2022, I got an email from Raw TV and a producer there who said, hi, I work for Raw TV, who are currently producing a documentary about missing Malaysian Airlines flight MH370. I'm potentially interested in featuring a clip from your YouTube video below in our documentary. Is this something you might be interested in? And it is the clip is called debunked, debunked flight MH370 Rothschild patent conspiracy theory. This is from Glenn. Okay, so uh, I in general, I in general, let people use the content with attribution for projects. This is just like a general thing that I do. Usually they don't offer any money because they're really low budget. But in this particular case, they did offer money because they have a bigger budget. So Glenn wrote back and said, thanks for getting back to me. I'd be licensing a short clip for use within the documentary covering the following rights worldwide, all media in perpetuity. It's non exclusive, so you can continue to do whatever you want with the video. I can offer an end credit and a license fee of 500 US dollars if the clip makes the final cut. So I said, sounds good. 500 bucks when I usually would get zero and say, use it as long as you credit me. That sounds absolutely fine. The problem is that in the documentary, they include me in a context that makes it seem as though I am perpetuating the conspiracy theory. Here is the clip. Take a look. Take a listen. News has just broke that a fisherman from Indonesia claims he saw the damaged plane covered in black smoke as it flew overhead. Another conspiracy? An outrageous insurance scam. Some of these people showed up outside my office who would chase me down in a car park. It was quite scary. I remember spraining an ankle once trying to escape one of these people who really just wanted to bring their theory to me. Four days after the flight disappeared, there was a patent issued for a new semiconductor technology. Others wonder, did it land on the U.S. military base? So they include me in this list of conspiracy theories, and then they show a guy looking at it, and then the guy clicks share. The idea being that I was part of the spread of conspiracy theories. The reality, of course, is the entire video was debunking that very conspiracy theory. This would be sort of like if I said one of the most disgusting things that neo-Nazis say is Jews or blah, blah, blah. And then you just cut out where I quote the neo-Nazi and you include me in a montage where I say Jews do blah, blah, blah. And then I'm now part of the of the neo-Nazi conspiracy theory or whatever the case may be now. Ultimately, this is my fault, and I'll explain why. Yes, they knew they were being dishonest. The title says debunked, and they make it seem like I am bunking rather than debunking. But I should have requested something in the license that said 
a lawyer emailed me about this. I should have requested something that in the licensing agreement. I tailored the specific use. I don't rather than giving a general license, I should have said the context must be one that makes clear that I am debunking rather than spreading and that I don't believe this conspiracy theory. I am quoting. I didn't do that. Now, I lived and I learned they paid the 500 bucks. They got their license. And now it's one of the biggest shows on Netflix. And it makes me look like a conspiracy theory theorist. So I certainly learned a lesson. That being said, another lawyer reached out and said, David, it's fine that you're blaming yourself. I mentioned this on yesterday's stream. It's fine that you're blaming yourself for not getting a more specific license. But the truth is they still deliberately and maliciously misedited that in order to make it seem like you're saying the opposite of what you're seeing. You actually could sue them. Should I sue is the question. I don't know. Sounds like it could be an interesting story. So maybe I should, but I'm not super inclined to do that. Uh, I will follow up with this um, if I have the opportunity, if there's anything to tell you. Nikki Haley appeared on Neil Cavuto's Fox News show yesterday. She tried to explain her plan to raise the Social Security retirement age, and it ended up being an insane word salad that made no sense. She really is struggling to explain her policies. Let's take a listen. Governor, then how would you dress when you talked about changing the retirement age security? What were you talking about? So if we're talking about entitlement reform, the first thing we do is, look, I have parents in my eight in their 80s. We take care of them. I don't want anything to hurt the seniors or anyone that's getting ready to retire. But I have kids in, in their 20s. Those are the ones that need to go and know that things are going to be changed. So what you would do is for those in their 20s coming into the system, we would change the retirement age so that it matches life expectancy. The second thing we would do is we would limit benefits for the wealthy. That then you go further instead of now understand that benefits are already limited for the wealthy and it has nothing to do with inflation like this is just a mishmash that reflects a total lack of understanding and lack of thinking about what the hell is going on. Living increases do increases based on inflation. That's something Republicans and Democrats would agree with. And then more than that, expand Medicare Advantage plans so that we have more competition and we run the cost down. Now, that actually has nothing to do with Social Security. Nothing. That's what entitlement reform will look like. That's how you go and make it sustainable. And that's also how you bring down the cost of what we're seeing right now. So when you're talking about adjusting the ages, depending on, you know, the kids in their 20s and obviously uh, that they can come into the program later and they might have other options. Um, What are you telling those in their 60s now or in their 50s now? At what point would a a, a president, Nikki Haley, uh, say, all right, we're, we're, we're bringing you in a little later? You keep your promises to those that were that we've made promises to those that have invested in should keep what they have. We shouldn't in any way jeopardize those that are already expecting something. Yeah, but the problem is when she talks about people in their 20s will get lower benefits. Most people in their 20s have also started to pay in. So really, if you wanted to do this fairly, you would say we're going to raise the retirement age for people who have not yet started to pay in. That would really be the the quote fair way to do it under this paradigm. It's about the new group coming in. So this what's is the, making I'm sorry, sure governor, what is the new group? What, what, I'm sorry. What's the new group? Is it are you telling those 50 and over you're safe, 50 and under you're on? I, I just use that arbitrary number. What are you saying is a group that what you're saying that's going to change? It's the new ones coming in. It's those <laughs> in their 20s that are coming in. But remember, 
people in their 20s, particularly if they had jobs in high school or during college, they've already started paying in with the belief that their benefits are going to be based on the current system. So it doesn't really work. You're coming to them and you're saying the game has changed. We're going to do this completely differently. That's how you go and you focus on it. We've got to start doing things like that. But more than that, I mean, we have to look at the fact that there is a spending problem in D.C. Okay, and that's totally unrelated because that's actually a separate issue from the way that Social Security is funded. And they they love to do that. They go, well, we've got debt. Okay, right. But like the Social Security system has its own tax collection system and its own benefit system and the funds are invested in a particular way. What does our general debt have to do with it? It really doesn't have much to do with it unless they wanted to argue, well, inflation in general devalues Social Security benefits, but they're indexed to inflation, at least in theory. So Nikki Haley is not exactly showing a deep understanding of this. She's talking about limiting benefits for wealthy people. Their benefits are already limited then and in part delimited by the fact that we only tax the first hundred and whatever thousand of income. And that is where the limitation comes from. And then she's talking about Medicare Advantage and whatever else. I don't think she really understands what's going on. That's my opinion based on this response. You let me know if you disagree. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a caller who says, I don't know, David, in a way, kids are being forced to drag time story hours. This is a joke, by the way. Take a listen. David, it's Alan from Jersey. I'm watching the podcast today and you keep saying the drag time story hour and drag queens are optional. And these are optional things that parents are choosing and anybody can choose not to do it. And you're completely wrong. I mean, I can understand if you were right, the outrage would be unjustified. But the outrage is justified because these drag queen story hour and these drag queens are mandatory, David, because you can't opt out of living in a country where drag queen story hour exists. You can't choose to live in a town or a city or a state or a country where this isn't happening. So. These people are being forced to live in a country where drag queen story hour is is a thing that exists. Okay, no, I I get that this is a joke, but there is an element of truth to the reaction, which is even when you explain to a lot of these anti drag show people, listen, you're if if you even have kids, right? A lot of them complaining don't even have kids. They're worried about kids. They have no kids. They they don't actually have, have any clue what's going on. But if you do have kids, you know that they're not being forced to do any drag, drag stuff, right? Like, do you understand that these are events where parents bring their kids? It's, so just don't go. They actually don't care. And they would respond with something along the lines of, well, the problem is it's in the environment. They wouldn't literally, you know, like this guy's making a joke and I get it. But they would say it's still around. Even if I don't bring my kids, they still hear about it or whatever the case may be. And that's the problem. And we've got to deal with it. So the caller is joking. But he's not really exaggerating by that much today on the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Yeah. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Today's show almost didn't happen. And I'm going to explain why at the top of the bonus show. We will also talk about the latest inflation numbers, inflation numbers as low as they have been since 2021. And BuzzFeed has lost one hundred and six million dollars. There's a in the last quarter. There is a bigger media story that is a separate story from big tech that I want to talk about, and it will also allow for some discussion of elements that have affected the show to some degree 
And I think people will find it interesting. I believe otherwise I wouldn't be talking about it. All of those stories are on today's bonus show. You can sign up at joinpacman.com to get instant access. You can use the coupon code 24 starts now to get a discount if you so choose.